The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hello everyone, welcome to the very first episode of the Joshi Dreamcast here on Fightful Overbooked. I am your host, Scott Edwards, and I'm very happy to be here today. Uh, you know, bringing some form of Joshi content to Fightful Overbooked is, you know, really cool. Uh, something that I'm really proud of, and I hope you enjoy the shows along the way. This is obviously episode one of the joshi dreamcast you know you can see the little art we got around us uh very exciting but we're gonna start off in the biggest way possible and that is stardom flashing champions we are going to review what could be the best joshi show of the year so far the best stardom show of the year so far it just seems right it seems like the right way to go here uh but if you want to continuously listen to these podcasts of course make sure to subscribe here to the page or to the uh podcast feed obviously but i'm really excited i'm really excited let's get into it because i think when talking about stardom and what they've managed to do over the past two years really now it's been incredible obviously two years ago in 2020 a lot happened in in may that really changed the landscape moving forward and it wasn't it wasn't obviously the best as you know risa shiki had to retire and hanakamura passed away so stardom had to kind of rebuild and revamp and figure out where they wanted to go as a company, because with Bushi Road behind them, it, it was no, there was no doubt that they were going to rise, but it was a matter of getting there and having the talent and the backing of those talents to do exactly that. So, so how could they get there? It's easy. They just had to believe in themselves, really. And that's what they've done all the way. They've believed in themselves. They've believed in their wrestlers. And really, that's why they are where they are today. You know, you look at that all-star dream Cinderella show last year that was in the Nippon Budokan. And that was, that was the launching point, right? That was the, that was the launching point for stardom to go from really cool Joshi company to super stardom. And then you have that match that I think a lot of people that maybe aren't fully into Joshi that might be listening to this, the Shuri versus Utami Hayashida match uh, from Tokyo Dream Cinderella. That's if if All Star Dream Cinderella wasn't the launching point, then that match was. That was the match that Dave Meltzer praised. Uh, you know, people from ESPN everywhere 
everyone praised that match because it was that good. And it really showcased, one, what Stardom's made of, but what Joshi is made of here in 2022. And like I said, this is called Joshi Dreamcast. This isn't just Stardom, where you're going to talk about all Joshi every other week here on the pod. And it's going to be very exciting. It's going to be very exciting. If you can't tell, Joshi's kind of my cup of tea here. Uh, you know, I watch I watch everything, but Joshi's really where you can get a little bit of just this. You just get greatness at all times. And starting with Stardom Flashing Champions, it, it feels like the perfect place to start for this show. Uh, it happened this past Saturday, uh, May 28th, just a fantastic show that you can check out right now on stardomworld.com. That is Stardom's official uh, streaming service. They don't necessarily live stream any of their shows, but every single one of their shows that they do will end up on there one time or another. Absolutely must see. Uh, so definitely make sure to subscribe to that. But let's get into the actual card. So going into this card, they have... A lot of major, major matches that they have in their holster, per se. Like, they have a lot that they can use at any time because you have so many stars that you've created, but you also have the reintroduction of Kyrie to stardom. And she's only been back for three matches. She had to miss a little time due to rupturing her eardrum in her second match back, but she came back here on this show, which we'll get to in what was just a great tag team match. Uh, you also have, you know, Risa Sarah of prominence, a freelancer coming in and challenging for the world of stardom championship. You had the Cinderella winner Mirai facing Saya Kamatani last year's Cinderella winner for the wonder of stardom championship. So, Ultimately, they didn't give us the biggest, baddest matches that they got. But they don't have to because that's how good their roster has been. That's how much they can believe in each other to put on a great show. And this was another case here. So starting at the top, the pre-show, which was free on YouTube for anyone that might want to check that out. First two matches are on there. Uh, the pre-show was a straight-up trios tag with the teams being announced the day of. Uh, the main story, per se, was Ami Saray and Saeedo really wanting to oppose one another. Uh, you know, they kind of are both hosses in their own way, and they did indeed oppose uh, each other. Saeedo teamed with Lady C. And Momo Kogo of Stars, uh, Lady C of Queen's Quest, to take on the team of Ami Saray, Hina, and Rina. Hina and Rina, obviously, the sisters. Um, Ami Saray has only one loss in her time since joining Stardom, and that was in her debut match against, of course, the World of Stardom champion Shuri. So ultimately, it kind of felt like she was going to win no matter what, but in the end, she did it. It was Momo Kogo that stole the victory for her team. And 
the interest level here for me when I initially saw it was, wow. You know, Momokogo is someone that came into stardom, and she had a lot of buzz. A lot of buzz in terms of people were very interested to see where she could go. Uh, she was made an important part of the roster very quickly. You know, she's in stars, and she she felt like she had a path. And since then, it's really changed in the fact that. You know, maybe she doesn't have a path, but she kind of just took a backseat to a lot of things that were going on. I mean, she's in a stars group that is just, you know, never ending in terms of stories and matches. I mean, you know, they have two two of the belts that stardom has in their lineup. And she just kind of took a back seat, but she got the big win here, which was notable, which we'll talk about later on. Uh, the first match on the main card, ultimately, as usual, was the Future of Stardom Championship match. We had Hanan defending against Ruaka. And if you have followed me before, if you've heard any thoughts that I've ever had about this, Hanan has... Okay, so... Hanan is obviously picked to be a future star of this company. Some fans believe a future ace, and she's learning from Mayu Iwatani in stars. So it's really easy to think that might be the case. And with the future of stardom championship, Hanan has become so much better than when she was going into winning it. And and it comes with confidence, right? You know, winning that title and being able to get these showcase matches consistently on pay-per-views will go such a long way in showing what she's made of and where she could go as a wrestler. And I thought, all case here, she, she not only showed up, but she proved to everyone that she continues to just be such a great wrestler. She's the best future of Stardom champion Stardom has had. And this rematch with Ruaka, the rematch from Stardom Dream Queendom, where Hanan won the title, was a very solid opener to this show. It proved that these two have improved since then. And that was only at the end of December. So it's really been a five-month switch, but they have improved greatly, and they showed it here on the big stage. If you were looking for a way of starting this show off, you can't ask for much more than this. Uh, Hanan ultimately did defeat Ruaka with her new uh, kind of like surprise roll-up pin. Really cool-looking uh, and really just the perfect way to cap off the match. I thought the match was really different from their first match. Uh, it went, you know, under six minutes, but it, it got the job done. Next up was the Prominence versus Cosmic Angels tag team match. You had the team of Suzu Suzuki, Mochi Natsumi, and Akane Fujita against the team of Wakasukiyama, Unagi Sayaka, and Mina Shirakawa. And going into this match, a lot of the focus was on 
one prominence kind of continuing to make their mark in stardom. Obviously, Risa Sarah main eventing the show for the World of Stardom Championship. They are the outsiders coming in and trying to wreak havoc on the rest of the roster. So how could they connect the dots here and make it seem that they are a force? You have them rather destroy this Cosmic Angels team. And yes, Wakasukiyama is the wrestler without a win. Yes, that we all recognize that. But Wakasukiyama has a certain fire to her, a certain care and passion to the way she wrestles now that she's able to get the fans on her side and that leads to the crowd getting invested and prominence being able to take advantage of that and continue being the outsider heels that they are uh waka put up a great fight in this match but i'll say it i'll say it again Suzu Suzuki is being positioned as not only a threat, but she is obviously, if you've ever heard me talk about, you know, Suzu Suzuki as a wrestler, she is as close to a prodigy in pro wrestling as you'll get. And she is being positioned despite not being signed to stardom. She is being positioned to be as big a star as can be. You know, she feels like a main eventer. She feels like a big deal. And that's exactly what you want heading into the five-star Grand Prix, which her and Risa Sarah entered it. So her winning here and beating Waka is just another addition to what has been a great build for her as a wrestler here in stardom. Next up on the docket, Azumi versus Tekla. High speed championship match. If you've been watching stardom, you know how good Azumi has been this year. Uh, you know, as high speed champions, since defeating Starlight Kid in one of the best matches of the year earlier this year at Cinderella Journey, she has had continuously great matches defending that title and showing why she's not only one of the best stardom has, but one of the best going today. She has proven it time and time again, and now she had this ultimate challenge this ultimate challenge of taking on Tekla, someone who was just the SWA undisputed world champion. Uh, you know, you have Tekla here who, I don't know, to me, to me is as good as it gets in terms of being able to be plugged into whatever spot you need her on the card and she will live up to that spot and deliver. I think I think that's where her role is and I think it's a good role for her because she is very talented and she's you know she's one of those wrestlers that does a lot of things well. Maybe she's not a master in any of them. 
but she is a very quality wrestler. Tekla is someone that made waves earlier this year when she joined Stardom, and now she continues to make waves through her wrestling and through what she's doing. So when we got to this match, it felt like there was a real a real opportunity for Tekla to bounce back from losing the SWA Undisputed World title to Mayu Yutani and figure out a way to make this match hers. But trying to make a match hers is asking for a lot because, again, Azumi is the high-speed god right now of this division. And there's a reason she's a champion. And the way they went with this match is Azumi was attacking that left arm of Tekla because she wanted to set up for the numero uno, her finisher, in the end. And it really played a great... uh, it, It really worked well in this match because you had so much going back and forth between them. Uh it, it wasn't to the level of some of Azumi's defenses, but it made you think anyone could win. And that's really the beauty of the high speed division is anyone can win at any time. And that was the case here. That was the case here indeed. Uh just a really, really good match. Azumi wins with the numero uno submission as I said, she was working over that arm on Tekla, getting the pin one, two, three. I thought this match executed exactly what it was supposed to do. I was kind of shocked that Tekla didn't win, but I'm I'm welcoming that because Zumi has so many so many different directions to go as the ace of that high speed division right now. And after the match, it was Momo Kogo who I was talking about earlier and why her match on the pre-show mattered so much is that Momokogo used that win to turn it into a title match here. She challenged Izumi. Izumi obviously said yes. That match has been made official for Midsummer Champions in the uh, at the beginning of July. Uh, that will be that's the third of three title matches announced for that show. And putting Momokogo into this division is great is great because now you have an opportunity here to build her up and give her some big matches big match experience with Azumi it works perfectly well i think it's a good direction to go moving on SWA Undisputed World title match. Mayu Iwatani defending against Fukigen Death. The story here is that Fukigen Death said she's an alien because the whole point is you can't wrestle the same. You can't wrestle someone uh, from the same country as you. That's what the champion has to do. So Mayu Iwatani can't wrestle anyone from Japan. And anyone that knows who Fukigen Death is knows she is very much from Japan. But the story they went with here is that she, the clown, was an alien. Uh, can't make that stuff up. But this match was under five minutes. It was four minutes and 59 seconds. But it was really entertaining. And really all you could ask for out of a Fukigen Death title match. 
right? Like you can't ask for much more than this, at least I thought. So you know, you have this match and Fuki and Death goes out there and she shows that yes, that yes, I can still go because Kaori Oniyama is a legend in professional wrestling. And she put on a show. She had a Chaos Theory German suplex, which wowed me because I was not ready for it. And she also attempted a moonsault while doing the death hand signals, uh, but she ultimately missed. And Mayu won with a moonsault of her own. So that was a really entertaining match. Uh, just a lot of fun. It, it wasn't, it's not one of those that, you know, wrestling fans will look for and be like, oh, you know, that's a match of the year contender. No, it's not that. It was just a lot of fun and helped fill out the card in a really, really solid way. So I think that was a win. That was a win in result. Next match. This was this was where we went from okay, you know, it's a nice undercard to boom, 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 boom. Great match, great match, great match, great match. And it really did start here. Tam Nakano teaming with Kyrie, uh, Ka- formerly Kyrie Hojo, Kyrie Sane, for those who may not know uh, from her WWE days, to take on the team of Utami Hayashida and Miyu Amasaki. Miyu Amasaki, you know, the rookie, has under 20 matches to her name. But she's getting another big spot here. Her debut was against Utami Hayashida. She ultimately joined Queen's Quest. She had to miss. Uh, she had to miss some time, but this was her return match as well. And her facing off against the likes of a Kyrie and Tam Nakano is a big moment. Having such massive wrestlers here to. To lead the way for someone like Amasaki not only paints the picture of where they think Amasaki is going to be as one of their future stars, and that's clearly at the top, but to be able to make this match a focus on her rather than one of these three titans of the promotion. It's just, it's just an ultimate accomplishment. And Miu. Went in there. She hold. She held up her end of the bargain. Uh, there was a lot to like about this match. It wasn't the best match on the show, but it was great. It was legitimately great. You had the Kyrie Utami showdown where they just looked across the ring from each other, and you know you just kind of got that big fight feel you kind of get a little goosebumps ish if you're looking forward to that because that's the biggest match that is the biggest match right now so that was really exciting and then ultimately it turns into what many of us expected which was Kyrie and Tam you know kind of decimating and destroying Miyu Amasaki in the best way they can because their whole goal their whole goal was to show how they got trained to get to this point. Kyrie said, listen, we need to train her like I was trained, like Utami was trained, you know, like Tam was trained. We need to go through that where it was very physical. 
and there it made it made you want to know if you wanted to be a wrestler or not and this was just a really really good match um you know because Miyu Amasaki again doesn't have the experience or the what's the word that she doesn't have the track record to make you think one way or the other because she's so new, but Kyrie led the way. Uh, she, she was just fantastic in this match. Uh, she gave Amasaki some great moments in there, whether it was on offense or defense, Amasaki, you know, getting some near falls and showing the heart that you really wanted her to show in such a situation. Could she show that heart? Could she show that hustle? Could she show that she can hang with the likes of a Kyrie? The answer was yes. The answer was absolutely. That's exactly what she did. Not only did she hang, but she survived. Um, in the end, you had this jaw-dropping, breathtaking, uh, jaw-rattling, Spinning back fist by Kyrie, you know, it was kind of the one you, you heard around the world. If you, if you checked up on stardom's pay-per-view from this past weekend, that, that was the one (laughs) that was the video that, you know, made its way around because of how hard she hit Amasaki with. She'd finish Amasaki off with the insane elbow from the top, a picture-perfect one at that, to get the win for her and Tam Nakano. The result was never in question, but it was the journey and how we got there. It was the story. How do we get from point A to point B? And they delivered exactly, if not over, uh, they exceeded expectations of what we would get. After the match, though, was really where I think we got that big moment. That big bit of Kyrie challenging Utami Hayashishida to a singles match. Yes, that match is coming soon. Very exciting. Very interesting. Very intriguing. Something that we personally can't wait for. Uh, they have not announced where it will happen just yet as of this recording. but is coming down the pipeline. So that's another exciting bit to all of this. Moving on, moving on. We're here, you know, around 30 minutes or so. We're getting there, but we got four matches left that really embody what the current stardom product is. And I think for me, that's why I'm so excited about this. So you have the goddess of stardom, tag team title match here uh Hazuki and Koguma FWC defend against the team of Oh My Julia, My Sakurai and Julia Donna Del Mondo. Uh My Sakurai is someone that isn't necessarily, you know, she's not the best wrestler on the roster. She's far from it. For a long time there, she could, you know, probably be called the worst on the roster. 
But she got this big opportunity here after pinning Koguma on one of the house shows that earned her a title opportunity. And she picked Julia to be her partner, obviously, because Julia has helped, you know, kind of lead the way for her and kind of help her mold herself into a better wrestler. And they would take on Koguma Hazuki, Hazuki and Koguma, who had one of the best tag team matches of the year to recapture these titles. So how would this match go? Uh, right from the get-go, it, it was clear to me that my Sakurai was different. She had a brand new look, new haircut, new gear. She looked, she looked the part. Finally, you know, she looked the part of one being in DDM because DDM often looks the part, but it felt like in doing so, she brought a lot of confidence to the match as well, which is always welcome. You want these wrestlers to show confidence, but that confidence turned into the best performance of her career. Uh, a lot of the focus was between Koguma and Mai and Hazuki versus Julia. Hazuki and Julia are as fired up or as intense of wrestlers you'll see in a stardom ring. And these two made sure to prove to you that they do not like each other. They don't like each other at all. And and by the end of this match, you knew that if you, if you were a first time viewer and you have never seen any of these wrestlers wrestle before, you got the message loud and clear that Julia and Hazuki don't like each other. Excuse me. And they were trading headbutts in there. Uh, Hazuki at one time was ragdolling Julia around the ring. It, it felt personal. And sometimes in matches like this, especially up to this point where, you know, Kyrie kind of made it feel personal with Miyu Amasaki, but this was personal. This was personal hatred. This was personal anger. And this was great. This was great. Uh, Julia just kind of clubbed. Suzuki in the head at one point, which was just fantastic. Uh, Julian Mai had a double elbow drop, which looked fantastic as well. Uh, Koguma hit a super arc RKO off of uh, the top rope to my Sakurai at one point. Uh, when Koguma was going to clean up the match, you know, Hazuki and Julia are fighting on the outside, uh, fighting in the crowd. Koga misses the splash. A great near fall by Mai, who has this great uh, flash pin where she, that's how she beat Koguma in the past. So she got it again here. A great near fall kicked out at 2.9. And ultimately, in the end, it was Koguma who got the win, pinning Mai Sakurai, getting her win back. But just, just a, a great, it, it was a great match because. It's something that not a lot of people expected. Uh, when you looked at it and you saw, you know, you saw it with my Sakurai, it was like, oh, well, okay, uh, we'll see where this goes. But a job well done. Uh, wasn't, you know, the best match on the show or anything, but it was a really good showing. And 
one you welcome. One you welcome out of my Sakurai because she stepped up uh, to the plate. Really, really entertaining stuff. Next up was the third match to the top. The Artist of Stardom match. The Trios tag team titles were on the line. Uh, the Trios titles, whatever you want to call them. You had the dominating, the longtime team of Mahime Poi defending the titles against just what was a great trio. Uh, Tai has become so much greater than they once were the past couple of years. They've reached that point now where they feel like a big deal and they feel like they should be the centerpiece or a centerpiece of this promotion. It really felt that way. And Momo Watanabe, Starlight Kid, and Saki Kashima, they went in there and put on a show against Mahime Poi. This is this is as good of an artist of stardom title match you'll see. That's how good this was. Uh, Saki Kashima played... And that's the that's the beauty of this match is that the heels a waiter tie almost felt like the baby faces because of watching Saki Kashima in the ring. Saki Kashima, oh excuse me, Saki Kashima is kind of like that journeyman in a way. You know, she's always been in stardom, and she's been there for a long time. But she she has been a role player, a kind of like how I said with Tekla, she can fill in spots where you need her to. And this was maybe one of, if not her best performances to date. Uh, she felt like the baby face in the end. Cause you had the dominant champions of Micah, Hameka and Natsupoi really bringing it to her. Once, once uh, she got tagged in and it was survival, survival, survival. Uh, one time she hit a revival pin for a beautiful near fall because, as we know, that more often than not wins matches for them, but it was broken up. Natsupoi uh, folded Saki Kashin with a picture-perfect German suplex. Uh, she even hit her Twisted Bliss. I call it Twisted Bliss because of Alexa Bliss. It's the uh, diving not a moonsault, but like, you know, they, they changed their body in there. You get the point. It's kind of like a moonsault. Uh, and Saki kicked out of that. And that's when I said, Oh my God, here we go. It's like, you're kind of like watching this. You're just trying to push, push Saki to get there to, to show how great she is. It's like, come on, you can do this. And she did it in the end. She did it. Revival pin one, Two, three, we have new artist of stardom, tag, trios, whatever. Champions, Saki Kashima, Momo Watanabe, and Starlight Kid. It's a very deserving win for Saki Kashima, but a way to tie as a whole. And yeah, I really enjoyed this match. It's one of the best artist matches you'll see and very much worth you going out of your way to see. Whew. That we're pretty good here. Final two matches now. And we'll start off with Saya Kamatani versus Mirai for the Wonder of Stardom 
championship. A lot of factors going into this one. Obviously, Mirai stepped into stardom this year. First week of January, she made her stardom debut. And somehow, she has went from a World of Stardom title match to the Cinderella winner to a Wonder of Stardom title match in a span of five months, less than five months. So there was understandable concern from some fans that, wow, well, she's kind of, you know, taking over for a lot of people. There's a lot of wrestlers you expect to get pushed. Uh, and she has kind of jumped over all of them. But I am someone that one thinks that doing this sort of thing only creates a better roster and bolsters your roster as long as you don't go too far. And I'm a fan of Mariah. I think she's great. I think she has a great way of bringing out the emotion and passion of wrestling fans to support her with her one, two, three clap. Uh, it, it, she, she gets it, right? She gets professional wrestling. But the reason I didn't think she should win here is because Saya Kamatani, Saya Kamatani has been nothing short of incredible from start to finish on this run. Nothing short of incredible. So for me, it was a layup. It was a layup of who needed to win this. But they made sure to convince you that, yeah, Saya's not coming out of this. Uh, the match had a slow start to it, but one that was kind of like, okay, let's, you know, feel each other out. Let's see what we're doing here, right? Let's see how we're going to go about this. And they turned it into what I thought was just a, another tremendous Saya Kamatani title defense. Um, there was a lot of big moments in this match that I could, you know, list off to you, but truthfully, you should just go watch it yourself because I think it was that good. But one of the real emotional moments or first emotional moments of this match was when Saya Kamatani locked on a Boston crab and she turned into a single leg crab. She was wrenching back on it and making Mariah just have to claw her way to the ropes. It felt like the move was on forever because you could just feel that pain and the difficulty that she was having in trying to get there because Saya had it locked in. She had it deep, but Mariah was able to survive, get to that bottom rope. Just really, really good stuff here. And then that's really where you kick it into gear. Uh, so the moment that I think a lot of fans started to say, Oh my God, is, is Mariah going to win here? It started for me. I thought when, um, so star, uh, Saya Kamatani hits the star crusher and that is usually now the setup for the Phoenix splash. And it was this time around. So she hits the star crusher. She, you know, has Mariah in the corner going up for the Phoenix splash and she misses. She misses the Phoenix splash, which, you know, if you're, if you want to talk about it, that's something that doesn't happen. 
And when it does, it's like, oh, this this might be over. You know, we saw a lot of us saw it the G one climax finale. We saw Kota Ibushi miss the Phoenix Splash. And yes, if you know Sayakamatani is you know who her favorite wrestler is, it is Kota Ibushi. We saw him, you know, crash and burn on that attempt, on that Phoenix splash. And we haven't seen him wrestle since. It's very sad, but you know, the injury has been tough on him. But Saya misses here and you instantly like, oh my God, she's gonna lose. Oh my God, she's gonna lose. And this is when Mirai turned it up. She locked in her Kimura lock. Um, I believe she calls it the Marima or something like that. Um, it's the Kimura lock though. Uh she's won multiple matches with this. She's won she won the Cinderella tournament pretty much because of this move. So she locked it in. Uh Sai was able to get to the rope, force the break after what was another grueling submission, this time uh, in the opposite direction. And then Mirai hits this massive, massive lariat, turning Sai inside out. And this, this set up Mirai to hit her finish. Uh, the Harame, I believe it's called. She hit the, the Harame, which is you know she has her up on her shoulders and she turns and hits kind of like a driver um kind of like you'd see in a michinoku driver type move and she hits it she hits it this is this is the finish this is this is her finisher so instantly i'm like oh my god it's over it's over holy crap it's over one two kick out by saya kamatani and that's really where you get this beautiful near fall in the match. If you weren't convinced this was over, then you are crazy. Uh, Saya Kamatani would then fight back, hit a poison Rana. Um, she'd fight back again as there would be a great near fall here. Uh, she'd hit her with a somber bomb, another star crusher, and the Phoenix Splash to successfully retain her Wonder of Stardom Championship. A fantastic defense for Saya Kawatani. Once again, once again, she's had so many great matches up until this point. You know, we've had her defend against Unagi Sayaka, which was a very different match from the rest because it was the lowest, I think, but it still was part of the story. She had the defense against Natsupoi, which I think might be the best. She had the defense against Tommy Hayashida at Stardom World Climax. The first time she was able to beat her in singles action. Then they do the rematch between her and Tam Nakano that just dazzles, dazzles in terms of just somehow after all the matches they've had, having another great match. It was perfect, just fantastic stuff there. Uh, you know, she goes from there to facing Micah and having another great match, and surviving her great rival, and winning. And now she had to face Mirai here. She does it. She survives the Cinderella winner. She puts the Cinderella winner down, and she remains champion. But somehow the best part of all this wasn't even the match, which was fantastic, but it was the challenge laid out after the match by none other than Starlight Kid, Starlight Kid is a budding star who's ready for that next step. This is it. 
this is it. She will be challenging Saya Kawatani at Midsummer Champions for the Wonder of Stardom Championship. If you're looking for a match that could, one, see the title change, but two, really highlight how amazing these two wrestlers are, this will be the one. This is the match I've personally been asking for for months for months because I have thought Starlight Kid's been ready at this level and she could be the one to dethrone Saya Kamatani and I think it would be a great move if they did that but we after all we'll have to wait and see but moving on to the main event of the evening let's wrap this show up in the best way possible just like Stardom did here uh this was the match of the night for me This was the match of the night for me. If you're looking for a match to go out of your way to see, you watch these last five matches, really, because I think it's the best five-match run a company has had this year. But this was the match of the night for me because my belief in what Risa Sarah could do trumped a lot of thoughts that other people had. They didn't know how to feel about this one going into it because a lot of people who have seen Risa Sarah only know her for being a deathmatch wrestler. But that's almost unfair, I think. Risa Sarah is a great, great professional wrestler. And the way they built this feud in this match is that this couldn't be anything but a fight. So the stipulations were no count out. Um, and the only way to win was knockout or submission. So this was going to be a fight and they went right at one another. Sure. hit a German suplex to start the match. They traded massive forearms at one of the, one another they started slapping each other around on the outside sarah was choking shuri like it was it was it was personal and then she brought her kendo stick into the conversation and this isn't the only time nailing shuri on the back with them and really just trying to wake that monster that was really entertaining to me uh they did hit the crazy air raid crash to the floor that they showed at New Blood 2 when they, you know, sold this match. But before that, this is where it really picked up. Risa Sarah hits Daichi, the referee, takes him out of the action. And that's when prominence runs rampant into the ring. They start laying Shuri out. The kendo stick again is introduced. You know, then you get that air raid crash to the floor. You just, you just see this fight. And when they get back into the ring, Risa Sarah hits a home run using Shuri's head. You the the sound. The sound of the kendo stick smashing Shuri's head. It won't leave my brain. I'm not gonna forget it. She nailed. Nailed Shuri. In the skull with the kendo stick. How could it be over? She then hit a top rope air raid crash, hit her double knees, but but these were kickouts. Shuri wasn't going away. Shuri wasn't going away because Shuri is the 
champion. Shuri battles back. She fights back. She fights Risa Sarah. She shakes off all of the abuse that she had taken in this match. And she said, okay, you want you want the the version of me that went to the UFC and became a MMA fighter? You want the version of me that goes full violence? You got it. The the mixture of Shuri hitting a, a lawn dart on Risa Sarah, then punting her head off with a loud kick and ultimately putting her in a sleeper where Prominence has to throw in the towel and get the match called. It was fantastic. It was fantastic. It was exactly, exactly what I wanted from this match, what I believed they could do in this match. People had their doubts, but people were very quickly ans- uh, stopped. They Those doubts were put to rest very quickly in this match. Risa Sarah and Shuri had as great, as perfect of a match as you can ask for. Sub-15 minutes, they went out there, they had a war, they went home. Shuri successfully defended her title. She got maybe the best defense of her reign so far out of the way. I thought this might have been exactly that. The best defense. Just, just tremendous, tremendous Fantastic. Name the adjective, name whatever you want. It was a, it was perfect. It was really, really just a fantastic showing for both. And now Risa Sarah will be in the five star Grand Prix. So she should not have many doubters anymore. I think she could have some really great matches in there. But Suzu Suzuki, uh, Mochi Natsumi, Kani Fujita, I forget the other name, uh, but they were all there. They all tried to support. Her, they all tried to take down Shuri, but it wasn't enough. The the champion retains. The champion continues to show she is the principal. She is the she's the measuring stick. And it was just a great, great, great championship match. And after the match, if I said that I wanted more, I wanted these challenges after the show. I got the one. After the match, Momo Watanabe walks out there, lays down the challenge to Shuri. It has been made official. It will be happening at Midsummer Champion in July. Oh, I can't wait. I can't. I can't wait because the there's many directions to go here, right? Um, but but Shuri versus Momo Watanabe was one of the best matches of 2021. They were, they wrestled in the finals of the five-star Grand Prix, and they made you know how important that was. And now they're going to do it with bigger stakes, the biggest of stakes in the entire company. The world of stardom title on the line. I can't wait. I can't wait. It was a perfect way to cap off this show. Now we know that at Midsummer Champions, we will see Shuri versus Momo Watanabe, Sayakamitani versus Starlight Kid, and Azumi versus Momo Kogo. Those are the first three matches announced for Midsummer Champions. 
but that's the show. If if you want to just sit there and think, is this the best startup show of the year? It's in the conversation. It's absolutely in the conversation. It very well might be uh, just as a complete card and the way they deliver. It, it's shocking because they didn't give away any major matches. They didn't put on just these, you know, instant contenders for match of the year that you'd expect but they ultimately built their case they showed that they are on a different level as a promotion and it was just a fantastic outing once again by stardom rising champions flashing champions flashing champions just another feather in the cap another feather in the cap for this show but I hope you enjoyed this first edition of the Joshi Dreamcast here on Fightful Overbooked. I'll be back in two weeks' time to discuss something else in Joshi. Maybe it's me praising more of the return of Mio Momono, who announced her return on Tuesday, uh, which is just amazing. If 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 you've never seen Mio Momono wrestle, you're going to have to. She's one of the best in the world. And as just such a fan of her work, it's so, so amazing to see her back. Uh, but there's going to be a lot to talk about in two weeks' time. The Joshi world moves fast. Uh, so who knows what we'll be talking about then. But until next time, thank you for following. You can follow me at Scott E. Wrestling on Twitter. It's right below uh that's where you can see all my thoughts on pretty much anything in wrestling i watch everything you know i joshi might be my main thing now but i watch everything uh and i appreciate the follow if you so please and thank you for listening here to the first edition of the joshi dreamcast until next time guys have a good one